Welcome to the Stacked Supplement Podcast, the premier source for supplement news and reviews. Welcome back to another episode of the Stacked Supplement Podcast, and we have another interview edition with you today, uh, and I'm bringing on uh, the, I guess the man behind Muscle Tech right now, uh, Scott Welch, longtime uh, industry veteran. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Shane. I'm a huge fan of uh, Stacked. I, I always call it Stacked 3D, but uh, that's just the uh, North American way of saying it. But uh, listen to every episode, read your site uh, at least once a day. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm glad you pronounced it. I've, I didn't never heard of the 3D pronunciation until I actually went to like the Olympia and slowly realized that was how people were saying Jack 3D and Stack 3D. And I mean... Stacked is the correct way. It was I couldn't get stacked with the e.com at the time it was taken. So the three was just the likely one to replace it. But so yeah, you've uh yeah, tell me a little bit of I know you obviously have known you for a very long time, but your history in the industry dates beyond mine, uh but well before I met you. Um you actually you're with Muscle Tech now. Um you haven't been for a little bit, but you were way back in, you were saying, uh, early 2000s, correct? Yeah, I went to uh, school at Ryerson University in Toronto, did a degree in nutrition. Uh, I formulated while I was in university with a supplement company that actually was competing against Muscle Tech. Uh, and I did that, and then I got hired to work as a formulator at a school, worked for the original founder, uh, Paul Gardner. Um, didn't take a day off for a couple of years, just worked 24-7. Started off in formulations, uh, 98, and then after a year got moved to form the marketing department. And uh, it was good because I had the science background, so I kind of understood you know, how the products worked. And then I always had a flair for creative direction and branding and things like that, uh, graphic design and stuff like that. So kind of moving over to that and building that department up was uh was where I went and I was a marketing manager then. And we built that up uh, when I got to Muscle Tech, which uh, was about 20 staff members. And uh, I was there for six and a half years. When I left, there was about 220 and we were the number one selling sports nutrition company in North America. Um, so it was a lot of opportunity back then doing a lot of commercials for hydroxy cut where you'd be writing all of the commercials and then you'd be doing the media planning and media buying with agencies. And then, uh, you'd be doing stuff like we did TV ads for creatine for cell tech and for nitro tech with the WWE. So I got to work with Brock Lesnar and um, Batista and Stone Cold Steve Austin and people like that. Um, and then uh, just grew the company up. Uh, I was the guy who signed Jay Cutler at the time, uh, Dexter Jackson, Gustavo Bedell, Chris Carmier, Lee Priest, um, all of them, King Kamali. You kind of named them at that time in that era. That was my sort of thing. Um, so it was good, a really good opportunity that was there. And then I had a chance to join a former uh, head of research who had started his own supplement company in the Toronto area. I got to join uh, with his company and work there. And we started from, you know, from nothing, working from home, which now is obviously the trend that you all do. Um, but we started under 10 staff and built it up to 120 million in sales in two years. And my product I brought to market was SlimQuick. Uh, which was the number one selling female fat burner uh, for roughly eight years in North America. Wow. Um, so did 70 million in annual sales from that uh, working from our home. And so it was really yeah. good, uh, good learning curve. 
Uh, did that for three years. And then from there, I started uh, just to consult for supplement companies in general. So I focused on the small to mid-sized guys. So to date, I've worked with over 50. Some of those include VPX, Allmax, GAT, Nutrex, uh, One Bar slash Oh Yeah, Mutant, Ultimate Nutrition, uh, Olymp, Perfect Sports, Designer Way, Isatori, Inner Armor. Um, you kind of name it. I've I've worked for them at some so point. So you you are rattling off like everybody from kind of like late teens, early two thousand tens era, kind of. Yeah, it's it's really. Uh, I mean, as each brand that you get on, like some of them, it would be. I did RTD work for Bang when they want VPX uh, to launch the Bang drink, and then other ones with the OEA was doing the RTD um, and the powder back in the day when they wanted to extend that brand. Um, so each of them is a different sort of challenge that you're working with. Uh, with Designer Way, it was RTD business um, getting that established. Um, you know, how do they go about doing that? Uh, and each of them, I mean, Inner Armor was um, an interesting opportunity because they were so strong overseas, not really strong. Um, and it was all about uh, being low cost. Um, with Ultimate Nutrition, uh, they were a vertically integrated manufacturing in-house and selling to 144 countries without using a master distributor. So each of these um, was a good good opportunity to learn more. Um, and then in uh, 2010, I started Muscle Insider, which is a media source, obviously, that covers uh, fitness and bodybuilding and things. Uh, so this year at the uh, Arnold, that'll be 13-year anniversary on that. But I've always, the whole time, continued to consult for supplement companies in the background. And that's really where I've made my money. And the obviously the media is a really tough go. It continues to evolve, but it kind of keeps me in tune with where the consumer's going and then the changing consumer patterns of how they digest and absorb media. And then, you know, sort of keeping in tune like what you do with keeping in tune with the trends. It kind of keeps me fresh on the science of the supplements, how they work physiologically. Uh, and then from there, you know, how do you really engage the consumer and and how do you incorporate social media into that? And it's been a really uh, a cool ride, actually. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, you kind of when about did you leave? Sorry, uh, Muscle Tech or the Muscle Tech two thousand four. Um, I yeah, so I left then. Uh, it was really good. It was just actually before the Olympia in 2004, and that was the first time they were the title sponsor of the Olympia. So I was in Cancun while that was all going down, and uh, they were the on the big stage with the you know the title sponsorship. So I kind of missed out on the the best um, branding opportunity and sort of the, the 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 pinnacle of of sponsorship at that time. And they would go on to continue to build the business up with the same systems. Uh, when I was there, a lot of the things, I mean, we always got a lot of flack for the advertising that we did because I was doing um, roughly 600 pages of print a month. Um, every magazine, we were in like close to 50 magazines and like men's health and men's fitness and muscle mag and muscular development and Ironman. And you can just keep going on um, Women's World and Chatelaine and like so many magazines and so many uh, TV spots. And uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun, but we were actually funding a lot of research too. We we funded uh, research on creatine and lactobacillus vegetarians at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, we funded research at University of Toronto on um, testing uh, seventy five gra grams of dextrose challenge on um, on the the insulin effects that you have, the insulin output that you'd have, the glycemic index of that. So the glycemic response to a load of carbohydrates that were high. Um, 
And then from there, we did work at University uh, McMaster University with uh, Dr. Mark Chernopolsky. He's one of the top physiology experts in Canada. And then later, we actually acquired the Greenhoff patent. So Dr. Paul Greenhoff was the one who discovered that carbohydrates with creatine increase absorption. And um, that was at University of Nottingham. We bought the patents, which came with it owning the lab in terms of all the research that came out of that university. So now we were talking, we had a monopoly on, create, on creatine with macronutrients with any amount of carbohydrate or protein, anything that would stimulate insulin in a higher amount uh, per gram than the amount of creatine that was taken with. So, and if you had five grams of creatine, anything higher than that with a macronutrient, we own the patent on. And we had the patent on lipoic acid in combination with creatine. Still, I believe we still have that. So there's um there's a lot, man, that we did back then. And uh, you know, the, it was a lot of a lot of fun getting that insight into what is really working. Uh, did a lot of bursaries with universities, and then we actually set up um, a part of the they they bought into a part of the school of University of Toronto where they actually had a lab they have set up. It's still there now, and um, it's just really cool um, commitment to science. And that's really something where we got a lot of flack in the industry. But to date, I actually know of no supplement company that has ever funded more research on sports nutrition than they have, uh, especially in the area of creatine, uh, whey protein, areas like that, where uh, obviously being a large uh, manufacturer of creatine products, uh, they've invested quite heavily in, in that. Um, whereas, you know, uh, a lot of other companies will use scientific sounding fonts or words or, you know, stock images. Uh, they'll show stuff coming off an assembly line and show lab coats and things like that. But we still, the I of 8 still continues to fund research um, despite, and sometimes it's research, like we did um, research study on glutamine with Dr. Jose Antonio, which was 10 grams of glutamine before exercise, during exercise and post-exercise, because we wanted to prove that it, glutamine actually could increase muscle mass. I mean, there's no research that's ever shown that it actually will, which sucks because the whole supplement industry would make a lot more sales if they could prove that you could actually volumize the cell or, you know, there's a lot of theoretical work on gut health and recovery and immunity and things like that. But a lot of that immunity research is on HIV patients or people with compromised immunity, but in healthy, fully uh, non-disease state individuals, um, I know of no research that shows that things like glutamine will build more muscle per day than if you had just taken, you know, enough protein in your diet to have the glutamine that your body's going to need, et cetera. But we funded all kinds of stuff. The point is we funded a lot of stuff that didn't show anything, you know, but we still funded it. And uh, I think that really is the difference between a company that's funding it for the hopes of commercializing it, as well as, uh, you know, sometimes just giving you better understanding on, on something. I think these days it's more like not so like i guess between that that early 2000s era and now there weren't too much on that science side like you said it was more about presentation and more about i guess presenting a scientific approach or manufacturing or stuff like that now it seems to be more the premium the ingredient houses basically doing the research and then That's sort right. of you know selling their branded version and then you can use that research to promote your product. And that's kind of, I think, the way things have gone. Although, like you said, I don't I don't recall any brands doing like 
big studies like like you said like muscle tech did back in the day when they had it on their um proudly on their labels all across the uh, marketing and material i don't really recall anybody kind of do it that was kind of muscle tech's thing that was what that helped separate it uh, still to this day i guess really is just kind of doing that the stuff that <laughs> no one else really does you know, surprisingly, there is some companies that do it. I mean, VPX, um, they have done a lot of research. Uh, University of South Florida. Yes. Uh, GNC, surprisingly, they actually did some research. Metarex back in the day did, uh, I think it was Dianabol against Metarex. Um, they did a study on that. Uh, Weeder Nutrition <laughs> back in the day did actually clinicals on their product. Um, a pro Lab at the time did it on pyruvate with uh, Dr. Stanko. There's been a few of them that have done it, but the newer trend is by going to ingredient companies yeah. that are doing it. It's actually a lot more efficient because they can obviously spend the time in not only engineering the quality of the raw, but also doing the you know, the the testing. And some of the better ones, again, NB Nutrition is one of my favorite. And by creating the branded ingredient and then, you know, creating the logo for it and then the, you know, the research on it and then being able to secure in, in China, the engineering to be able to scale that, that really is the difference maker. And I'm seeing a lot more of the ingredient companies that are obviously working with your website, which I think is outstanding. Um, I think the PKTP is there now, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other companies that sponsor um, some of the events that you've put on, uh, I think it's just an excellent uh, a way of, of really giving back to um, uh, the consumer, getting consumers better quality product that there's somebody accountable for. And I think now consumers want to know transparency. They want to know where does my grains of paradise come from and how is it made? Is, is it really grains of paradise or is it ginseng that's spiked with uh five paradol, which is what some companies are doing. Um, so it, by having that transparency and giving you a branded ingredient, you know, that that's going to be exactly what um, you think it is. And with all of the shortages that have happened over the pandemic, it's really been buyer beware because with, with Roz, if you're trying to get your, your, um, your creatine or your glutamine or your whey protein, uh, whey WPC 80, and you, you reject it. Well, there's a lineup of other companies that will take it. So you can't be as finicky as you once were. So with the price, um, you know, sensitivity going up as high as it is, supplement brands have to find creative ways of lowering costs. And one of the ways that they do that is by giving, um, you know, either lacing branded ingredients with unbranded ingredients of the same substance or just uh, buying non-branded versions of things that are coming from China or India that are, you know, you really don't know for sure if it's uh, exactly what you thought you're getting into it. So I, I always like, if you have the choice of buying a product with branded ingredients, because at least I know that um, there's been someone who's accountable for that ingredient in, in the product, not just uh, like, how do you trace it back otherwise? Yeah. Interesting. And I think those brands you named, VPX is kind of the only one that stands out to me because I know that you kind of see it a lot with their marketing, um, especially around Bang. So there's a study coming out here and there's a study on this. Um, I see that a lot. There's other ones don't really ring a bell. ProLab, I vaguely remember, vaguely. I yeah. don't actually. They're still around. It. They're um, a natural 
system. They're a sister company to MRI. Uh, I know MRI and, and, and natural. Okay. 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 So that's, it's like a, oh, okay. Well, so yeah, I guess the next topic, so you kind of left around the 2004 mark and then you've come back in with, with, with muscle tech with kind of like a, like a refreshed, uh, not even refreshed, just like a, a very huge revamp of sorts of, of strategy with muscle tech because you jumped on middle of last year, correct? Or was it was around? Yeah, there? I got hired in August to do formulations for them. And uh, I really enjoyed that opportunity because it allowed me to sort of see how do they formulate now after 18 years of working there? How do they do it now? And Ayurveda is uh, the parent company of MuscleTech. They're at such a larger scale and such a more global company than what yeah. they were when I was there. So I wanted to know how do the, what kind of processes do they follow? How do they make sure that this is, you know, meeting label claim? How, what kind of quantities do these guys do with a pro of the production run? You know, what manufacturers do they work with and how anal are they with QC? What stages do they go through with flavor testing? I just wanted to know how do the, the big of the big kind of do it. Cause I focused on small to mid-sized guys throughout after leaving there, I kind of wanted to see how do the big boys do it now? No different than if I'd had the chance to work at Optimum or, you know, some of the other uh, my protein or some of the other large, large, large companies at that level, Dimatize. So it was a really good doing that for a couple months. And as you'd sort of, ex I, I, my goal was to do it for a year as one year contract and to kind of refresh my skills in terms of what studies do they do? How do they design studies? Where do they do them? Um, what kind of brand ingredients have they used in the past and what do they use now and why? And some of those things, but um, an opportunity came up where the chief marketing officer asked me if I wanted to take over the muscle tech brand and in marketing role. And I, and I sort of, you know, I had mixed feelings about it because it had been a long time that I had been on the brand and I was there. I was the diehard guy working, you know, like till 10, 11 at night, every day of the week. And when I, when I left muscle tech um, it was, it was the end of that era. And so to go back on it, I was really, I didn't want to ruin my relationship with some of the people I worked with there because I'd been on good terms over the years and rebuilt myself back in, in their good books and things. Cause when you're, when you're working for their competitors, it's really difficult to then go and work yeah. for them, especially <laughs> if you're really competitive. I mean, you're, if, you know, you have a background in, in competitive swimming and if you were on a swim team and then you moved to the United States and you're competing against the New Zealand team again, it, how do you go and switch and coach or, or you know, and be part of that? It, it, it was, it was weird. And as you know, with this industry, there's, um, when you burn a bridge, you, you sometimes have to watch because there's certain people you, you know, you're going to have to work with again, because it's a, a, a tightly knit group. So I got the opportunity to do it, but I, I really said I, I would only do it under certain terms because I really was enjoying research. And one was I wanted to be able to change the target market. I didn't feel that um, the target market that they were going after were, would really appreciate the level of innovation that I saw in the formulas. And I wanted the ability to change that. The second one was I really wanted to be able to change the athletes because I wanted to, you know, if you're going to go after a certain demographic, you have to have athletes, ambassadors and things that really appeal to that particular consumer base. And the third is I still wanted to be have a say, a strong say in the formulations. And a lot of that was a personal level, because if I go out and I put my name to a product line like you would if you gave yeah, up Stack yeah. 3D and you actually were helping to work for a supplement company, you don't want to put your name to shit 
you only want to be proud of where you work and you go all in, you know, either go all in or not. And I knew that some of my colleagues over the years, when I left, um, going back 18 years later, I, I didn't want people to sort of judge me and say, oh, man, you know, he's going to sell watered down formulas now. I hope they pay you well. Like, I didn't want to hear any of that. So I thought, OK. And they said they agreed to all of those. So um, it's been good. So the first thing we did was um, we signed the boogeyman. So blessing Abu Dhabi. That was a big sign. And part of that was because I really wanted to give personality to the muscle tech brand. I just felt that it had been that conservative Ivy tower, gray building in the background. That was kind of like IBM a little bit. You never got to know who was behind the company. It was like Pfizer. You never really got to know who was behind it. And that was always the culture when I was there originally, but we will, we live in a world where we want to know who is, you know, who's the owner of Tesla? What is he like in his personal life? You know, like we want to know more. I think Redcon has done a phenomenal job of being transparent with Aaron Singerman. He's put his whole life out there, showing himself in the manufacturing facilities. I think uh, Rise has done the same. I think Ghost has done the same. Everybody has been, you see C-Bomb creating things. Everyone is being more transparent than ever. And I feel like that um, style that you get from other brands where they're still living the old way in their branding, where you never get to know anything about the company. I think the consumer's more curious now. They want to know where their stuff is made, how it's made. They want to know more. So I really um, knew that uh, if I was going to take this job on, I was going to push the envelope and try to be more transparent with, with what we did. So Boogeyman gave a personality and he kind of made bodybuilding fun. He made fun of yeah. himself, you know, and I think that, we, you know, you, I've watched you eat, I've watched you train at Dragon's Den and, you know, and when you're looking at a meal and you see your rice, you're, you know, first thing you're looking for is how much protein do I have and why don't I have my 25 grams or my 20 grams, you know, and, and you feel like you can't just eat carbs by themselves without having that protein because you're going to, you know, talk about the glycemic response and you're going to talk about the protein um, uh, synthetic uh, synthesis uh, effects from the meal and everything else that's there. So I kind of... um I changed that and then that allowed us, thankfully, um, he was a free agent at the time. So I reached out to him. I had connections from him in the past. Um, so definitely we brought him on board. And then uh, from there was to get ourselves at the Olympia. And I knew that uh, that would be key to reaching that fitness consumer that was you know, uh, consumed by uh, maximizing human performance. So getting back in there, uh, also uh, did a push to get us uh, a sales broker team uh, with about 30, 35 years of experience handling vitamin shop and GNC. So we worked with a third party company to really amp us and give us more teeth on the um, on the GNC vitamin shop business. And that just strengthened our business because now we had a company that's representing 11 brands at GNC right now that's giving us the the intel on, okay, this is what we need to do here and how we need to do here. So that just strengthened our, our competence in that channel. And then from there, uh, we brought on um, uh, Anna Kozar, who's uh, 3.4 million on uh, Instagram, a large Latin American um, Instagram sensation. Maureen Blanquesco is uh, the reigning Olympia bikini champion. Uh, another one you'll hear about in uh, about a week is Ron Harris, uh, editor of Muscular Development. So he is going to be doing our content for us. So who better than Ron Harris has been in the business of journalism yeah. for 30 plus years. 
And part of that's unique ability, because I really liked what he did with Gasperi and with Redcon, where he was a true ambassador to the brand, wearing the clothes, going to the shows, interviewing the famous bodybuilders and, and different athletes. And I really want him to give us that street cred that, hey, Muscle Tech is back, back at the Olympia, LA Fit Expo, Arnold, FIBO, uh, Dubai Muscle Show. Like we're going big globally, um, but I needed to have some of those uh, in our corner to sort of give us that clout back with um, the serious uh, performance nutrition consumer. And I knew it, I knew it would take time. I, I still know that, uh, you know, first thing I did was call you up and say, hey, look, we need to get on Stack 3D. We need to get a bigger presence with Price Plow. Obviously, they were working with them before. Fitness Informant, RX Muscle, Desktop Bodybuilding. Uh, so all these different places that we've worked with, um, because I, I really want to reach the consumer who appreciates, uh, you know, the innovation that uh, goes into some of the formulas that uh, MuscleTech uh, puts their name to. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's as simple as possible. It, it's working. I think it's, you've seen MuscleTech pretty much everywhere. I actually think the uh, the big push was a bit of, it was, was seen in the Protein Wars uh, last year. You guys made it to the grand final. Um, I think... <laughs> I think I'd seen Nitrotech do well uh, previously. I think you made it to the semifinals in the past, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because that contest, like you said, our audience is very specific. It's very uh, sports nutrition driven. It doesn't necessarily like, I guess it's not a giant global reflection. Like we don't see Optimum winning or even making it that far almost ever. It never really, I think one year it might've made it to the semifinals it very rarely gets past the first stage. So it's a very specific, up-to-date, modern, I guess, breakdown of the audience. And Muscle Tech has always been up there pretty well. But then, yeah, this the last year you guys made it to the grand final uh, up against the two-time, well, now two-time winner, Rise, of course. Yeah. Um, it was, and you guys held your own. It was a back and forth. I think even in the quarterfinals, it was a, it was a tough battle. And I think that was a good testament of just... Just yeah, how much how push you how much push you guys have had? How I guess Mustick being back on the tips of the people's tongues, and that I think a lot of that also came from the launch of uh, I I say euphoric. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I just yeah because I know right. okay because there's a Q at the end, and I don't know if it was like euphoric <laughs> IQ or something like that. But yeah, you guys brought to market uh, the uh, Infinity uh, Paraxanthine uh supplements it was the uh the fat burner and as i said the the, the pre-workout euphoric and yeah they, they kind of really blew up and i think when i got word of it i hadn't talked to you i didn't know if i didn't I don't know if you actually were at muscle tech like i didn't know you were there i think you were there but i didn't know you were there and yeah. then i caught wind and they were like yeah we've there's this new stimulant i was like oh my word like a new stimulant is i don't know what the best word is sort of like God's speech, it's the you don't hear that often, if ever. And every time we've referenced new stim in the past on our site, those stories have just blown up. Um, you had a couple uh, ingredient innovators in the past that were working on them, and even though none of them have come to market yet, like just the mention was enough to get people up. Obviously, the history when you had the new stimulant of um, DMAA way, way back, but like since then people there's that industry and that market still wanting that so when infinity popped up i think it just 
it was just kind of that it was exactly that it was a new stimulant and it was exclusive to muscle tech so the only place you could try it was in those two supplements and were you a part of that like did you because you said you came on around august was that already in works by the time you got there or how, how did it's that play out to say that because a year earlier i think this was um it was a year before i saw it launch i was at supply side uh and that's when i was talking to sean wells who told me about paraxanthine and that they were coming out with it because Parazanthine is actually manufactured by NNB Nutrition. They're the actual chemical manufacturing company that makes it. So um, that was a, and then the Ingenious Ingredients is a company he's formed on his own, but the actual synthesis synthesis of it is actually NNB Nutrition. So when he had told me about it, I mean, you have caffeine and then you have theobromine, theophylline, and parazanthine is what caffeine converts to those three different things. Theophylline is a drug. You can't sell it as a supplement. Theobromine gives you an itchy kind of shitty feeling after you come down off of any stem, like any caffeine, high dose of caffeine. That's what gives you that itchy kind of sketchy feel. But when I saw paraxanthine and the fact that it was legal and it gives you this increase in concentration, focus and clarity, I was just kicking myself that I didn't think of it myself. Because if you look in any book of caffeine metabolism, you see those three things. And we've seen theobromine for a long time. I've seen theophylline in supplements over the years. But why didn't anyone ever think of selling the third stem that was just a downstream metabolite of caffeine? Has, it's so has, obvious. Has it been done before? No, but it has been it, thought of before. Because someone um, messaged me and said that they thought they had seen it. Like I'm talking not recent. Um, this was a this was an industry person that's been around for like decades and he said yeah i remember back in the day we had this and i was like i had never heard of the product or the brand so i don't know if he was just making it up but i was curious but i hadn't again this is one of those things much like we were talking earlier i just had never heard of this so it was the first that i or i knew of jim mcmahon from uh mutant he claims that he has a file with the ingredient paraxanthine in it i would not be surprised at all because Back then, if, if you're looking just even at ephedrine metabolism or synephrine metabolism or caffeine metabolism, or you look at um, KIC and HMB, and um, there's so many of these different pathways. Andro becomes, uh, you know, testosterone or DHA becomes andro, becomes either dione or diol. Like there's all these pathways and all you have to do really is... Um, if you could find something that your body is going to convert it to before it digests it, it's, it's one chemical step closer to the real thing of what you're looking to get. So um, it's very clear. I just, I talked to Sean Wells about this. I was mad that it's so obvious that this could have been like, why didn't anyone do it? Why didn't anybody do it before? Yeah. So the fact is anyways, they got the, um, they got the rights and that goes back uh, from talking to uh, Raza Bashar, um, he is our head of research. I think he was in talks with them four years before it came to market, became before it was fully commercially available. They had shopped it to I of eight years and years ago. And one of the things I'll say to the, I know a lot of your audiences, other supplement company owners and formulators, one of the things that's really worked for I of eight over the years is because they're in, you know, well over a hundred countries and manufacturing product in seven different countries, 
that gives them, and they've had all this commitment to research, they're the right company to try to take something new that you're not sure if it's legal or will be legal or has toxicity problems because they'll actually fund their own research on it too, which Ayurveda is doing on paraxanthine. So that's not just the ingenious group that's doing their own research. Ayurveda's doing their own research independent of that. So now if you're oh, wow. an ingredient company, you're getting a free ride because not only are you paying your own money to research, but you're actually with a supplement company that's funding their own stuff too. So now, and we have in-house lawyers We've been through so much. And because our other business is Hydroxycut, um, we will make sure that the FDA is cool with this and the FTC is cool with that um, before we start to put our own name to it. Uh, stability testing, we have stability testing chambers in a house. Um, so they'll do their due diligence to make sure that um, something new is going to have the right grass certifications that they're going to be able to be manufactured and scaled up to a certain level, you know, and be stable. Um, if you put that into a pre-workout, does it become deactivated with time? What else, if you put in it, will make it deactivate? What if you put uh, a certain acidic mis mixture in with it? Will that have an effect on breaking down this or how long does this shelf life really last? So things like that, um, and a lot of times in this game, you, you see it with EchoVision and some of these guys where it can be an 80 gram scoop pre-workout. And I know McMahon on his podcast, the last one had, had an issue with that. I don't personally have an issue with it. I think it's cool. It's, it's funny, it's unique and, and everything else. But what will happen to some of these products is, well, if we put in this much glycine and I put in this much betaine and this much of this is, and this and this, I'm going to get a brick because this is going to get solid over yeah. time. And that's a, something where we have uh, accelerating stability chambers where we can see what will happen in 30 days, 90 days, 120 days, six months, and then know, okay, if we use this citrulline at this dose, we're safe. So the way they'll formulate, they'll go, okay, let's take a base. All right, we'll go citrulline. And either we go citrulline malate or we go freeform citrulline. Let's go a four gram dose, a six gram dose, an eight gram dose, a 10 gram dose. Then they'll go, okay, let's go this much betaine as you 2.5. Then let's go with this and this and this. And then they'll take that base and then they'll accelerate it. Then they'll add, a, take that base and then add other ingredients to it. And then they'll accelerate it. So they just keep on, as long as they know it's still stable, they'll just keep adding to the formula with a stable base. But once it clumps, then they know, okay, this last round, what did we add? okay, there's an interaction that's happening when you add this or you add this or you add this. So now let's go back to the previous version that didn't have that or let's half the dose now and retest it. So it takes us a little longer, but at least you know your stuff isn't going to be clumped by the time you get it if you're an independent channel retailer. So anyway, I'm blabbing so much. So no, uh, no, no, no. I'm on some of this paraxanthine so you can- uh, I was going to say. Know, <laughs> euphoric, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm experiencing it. <laughs> I think it's 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 a huge thing because, like you're saying, with the um, and I've spoken about this with the other large companies that distribute globally, and they sort of say like, I've asked them about certain ingredients and mixing and all this stuff, and they said, yeah, we actually do some some thorough testing about how things interact in different environments and certain temperatures and different uh, um um what's the other one with the different flavors and different colors, and they like they go pretty in depth like yourself like you were saying because you are being distributed globally and there's you're not just releasing a product that's going to be on sale on your site it's going to be on sale all across the country it's going to be on shelves it has to stay 
you know, stable on shelves and it has to go on shelves uh, in other parts of the world, Europe, Asia, Australia. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit different, I guess, from like you're saying, some of the newcomers who just cook up a thousand bottles and just put it on their side. And if it does well, they do another one. And it's a, it's a big difference. And I think sometimes you kind of forget that when you're talking about a giant like yourselves. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing that the infinity has done extremely well because on my side, it got a lot of attention. I think that key word of, uh, again, new stimulant. And I know that you guys promoted it heavily and I thought it was a very fitting description is the evolution of caffeine or caffeine evolution was kind of fitting because like you guys were saying, um, the other metabolites of caffeine weren't sort of as close to that caffeine feel that you like and you get as parazanthine. And so it was kind of like a cleaner, you taking out those other two and leaving just the one to drive the energy. So it's a, uh, so I'm assuming it's proved successful. You guys have uh, done well. And is it is there going to be sort of any expansion? Because I remember there was the mention of it being in a hydroxycut product uh, under the hydroxycut yes. brand, of course. Um, is there any, because it, it seems like it would be a perfect fit for uh, like a nootropic, which is which I feel like yeah. isn't a category I've seen muscle tick in as much as like others, but I feel like this is kind of sitting there waiting for it. Yeah, I mean, it's going in the HydroxyCut brand, HydroxyCut Hardcore brand, uh, LA Fit Expo, they started sampling that. They had a mojito flavor and another flavor, and it was delicious. Um, I actually really like it. I like it even more than our fat burning powder, our Burn IQ. Um, but yeah, the HydroxyCut name is is really going to help it a lot because the HydroxyCut name has just been, you know, number one in weight loss for decades and is already in, you know, it'll get the distribution that you'd expect um, where you'll see it in Walmart, you'll see it in Walgreens and all these different locations that will really give it the scale. And what I like about that is now it helps uh, ingenious ingredients uh, and NNB be able to manufacture way more of it because it's so much volume that now the cost goes down. And then the mainstream person gets to try something better than just caffeine. And that gets them into the brand. And as we see with the energy drink category, which I know you feature a lot on, I really am a big fan of the Ghost RTD. And I feel that once you get something with um, a better formula than just caffeine, the mainstream person gets curious and says, wow, what is yeah. this? Um, what is this beta alanine? Or what is this uh, coenzyme Q10 or Cognizant or whatever it is? And I feel like that... Um, I, I like paraxanthine. I think it's cool that the sports nutrition community gets to try it first with Euphoric and our Burn IQ. But I really like that um, the rest of America kind of gets to try it with the Hydroxygut brand that will have a powerful brand like that and they have great distribution on that. Um, but no, there's a lot of exciting things that are that are happening for the, for that. Um, and uh, I, I enjoy it. I think um, what I really like on taking it is I like to take an empty stomach on a pre-workout and really take a full dose with a, a right amount of water. Cause as you know, all powders have to be liquefied before your body can absorb them. And I like to give it a try without eating anything in the morning and then see what does it really do. And I often will take doubles, double servings of most of a pre-workout. Just I'll try one, yeah. but I would just want to like, sometimes you have to, you fit in this mold as a formulator where you're like, all right, if gotta I push the, put this full dose of two scoops, then I'm I'm someone's gonna call me out for only having 20 servings, not 40 servings. And if I do 
you know, and you kind of go back and forth, but when the way the formulator may have intended it, it was supposed to have this much beta alanine and this much betaine and this much caffeine. So yeah. I kind of, um, with euphoric, I think for anybody trying it on an empty stomach, um, without a cup of coffee, without anything else, just trying it in the morning and then seeing how you feel. I definitely noticed, uh, an increase in, in clarity and focus, which I normally wouldn't see that great of an effect other than the caffeine that's in a pre-workout. Um, in terms of a nootropic, the difficult part, I mean, Ayurveda's had nootropics uh, over the years under Black Onyx. They had a neuro. They've had a few um, neurocore as well under the concentrated series. You may remember the concentrated series. Um, back, yellow, back black stuff. They've yeah. done that area. Nootropics are a tough game because you're really not sure for sure if it works. I mean, you can talk to, um, you know, a supplement engineer and he'll talk about, you know, um, how much this this works this way and this works yeah. this way. But I don't know for sure. Whereas I know with a stimulant, I will feel it and it'll kick my ass and I know for sure. Yeah. And it's also the economics of that um, is will, you know, the GNC store and the vitamin shop store really spend the time to educate the person on a nootropic um, and will your hundred word Amazon write up be compelling enough for it to get someone to say, man, I'm going to get my brain on, you know, my brain, this or my brain that. And I know it will work, but will it work as well as Adderall or some of the things kids take in high school? Like a more, like a more yeah. obvious effect, I guess that, that they take yeah. it and they go, Oh, okay. It's responsible for this. This is what it's doing. Yeah. That's what yeah. Doing. Interesting. So, yeah is there you talked about you briefly mentioned energy energy drink there that was a kind of a, a category that i suggested to a lot of brands i think on during the rise of bang pretty much when uh, c4 got in america and rays it was it, it's it's now blossomed it's now this beast all on its own and i think it's obviously you got a lot of mainstream competitors with the likes of monster red bull and all that stuff but then you had the sports nutrition guys who are kind of really doing a damn good job at elbowing their way into it and having a huge impact bang ghost alani new like these guys are not just sort of like putting together energy drink and just hitting shelves they're making solid numbers um is that a place that's because it's and again i might be wrong on this one but as far as i know there's never been a muscle tick energy drink i know you've done can you did canned nitro ticket is that right uh, surprisingly, we did PETs of Nitrotech back in 2001. We did Tetra Packs in 2001. I remember Nitrotech, but I don't, we never got an energy drink, did we? Uh, we did a Hydroxic at Hardcore RTD, which was the receiver. Oh, yes. That was there. And then oh, they you've did, also got uh, the Hydroxic cut, cut, don't you? The cut energy the cut, drink. Uh, carbonated RTD. Yeah. Uh, they had shots, hydroxyl got shots that they did. Um, so they've been able, they've been in that space. Um, they also had a Celtech RTD, believe it or not. It was actually what? a, um, yeah, it's fascinating. They use the technology, I believe, that Guinness uses, you know, where it carbonates the, you know, there's a cartridge inside it that would have shot the straight creatine into the liquid. That way you had it, uh, a stabilized creatine. We worked oh, with that, a company in Germany. Was that kind of like the, um, if I remember, ProSups had one, like not that long ago, but they had like they had a, a chamber on the top. Yeah. Or, uh, I think it was Hyde RTD that they yes. had on it. And it was not a, the same, but like that was 
that was kind of like the widget that you find in a can of Guinness. You know how it it shoots? It's actually like a it's like a, a jet inside it that shoots a dry powder into a carbonated liquid. Um, but yeah, they did a Celtic RTD. I'll get you samples of like, I mean, I'll get you images of that. We still have it at the office. I've never um, heard of it. That took a few years to develop that one. When I was there, we were working on it. And when I left, they had finally finished it. Uh, they had an energy tech, which was before Red Bull had a sugar-free, we had a sugar-free uh, RTD called energy tech. That would have been 2002, maybe. Um and that sat for a year in our office, uh, fruit flavored. Um, they did another one called Piranha, which was a carb-free um, Red Bull type uh, energy drink in you know the eight ounce cans. So yeah, there was a lot, man. Um, and that's just people who have been in it that know. I mean, I have eight, uh, when they did sell the company, um, they were sold for the highest valuation ever paid for in a sports nutrition company because the brand was so powerful globally. Uh, from what they had done, you know, in building what they had built. Uh, they won Walmart Vendor of the Year in the U.S., GNC Vendor of the Year in the U.S. Um, just a real juggernaut. And, um, you know, they just evolved, evolved the business to now. Uh, I mean, next to, I don't really know who you could look at. Like we manufacture in India, Australia, Korea, Japan, China, U.K., and, and the U.S., so when you're manufacturing in Australia for Australia or in UK for Europe or in Japan for Japan or Korea or China, I mean, you're not, you know, you're at a different level because you're, you're, yeah. you're allowing yourself to source and use um, flavor things specifically to those countries. You're able to avoid the currency fluctuations of volatility. Your supply issues are not contingent upon everything coming from China or India um, and then with the um, VAT taxes that are in Europe, just entering Europe, or even the shortages of containers that happen. So they transferred over to that model for some of these markets. And we still do make a lot of U.S. product that sends to, you know, to South America and different parts of, around the world in the Orient. But when you're, um, we have like flavors specific, there's a banana that we put on the Stack 3D website, thanks to you, which was uh, just for oh, Australia yeah. only. Um, but there's flavors of um, uh, different things for uh, like different tea flavors in China. There's things in India that aren't sold here. Um, so it's it's there's bars in Japan that I haven't tried before that I see there. And I'm like, wow, that's actually really cool. Um, but when you're at that level and you're man, you have 30 people on the ground in, in India doing everything there, and there's embargoes and tariffs and things being placed to keep American companies out. So companies like USN and Glambia have manufactured with inside India in order to be able to reach that market. And that's kind of the next level of any packaged goods company is when you're manufacturing abroad um, and you're customizing flavors and marketing messaging specifically to those, um, you're at just another level. Yeah. Um, at our flavoring lab, we we had I was there and they were doing they were doing like a blue raspberry flavored of a pre-workout. What they did was they shipped in the top five selling blue raspberries in the UK market. And that's what was being benchmarked against when you're flavor testing. And if you're not doing it that way, what happens is and I've been at the other supplement companies is you just take C4 number one selling original, you take their blue raspberry, then you get Total Wars blue raspberry, and then you get 
uh, bucked up blue raspberry and ghost blue raspberry, one of the ones that's close to that, and say, okay, here's my top four, and then I'm going to now just taste test against that, and then you send it to the UK, not knowing it's maybe way too sweet for that market. So they look at the top five amongst the regional brands within inside that area. So the USNs, you know, um, some of the other guys, I'm trying to think my mind's escaping me because you're on the call now. I know you know your shit with uh, the international <laughs> stuff. Um, but uh, Maxi Muscle uh, Grenade obviously is big over there. Um, trying to think of some of the other UK guys. Um, anyway, Applied sure does well in the Middle East. In in uh, I don't know UK. if it does well oh, in the UK. They're out of the UK. I don't know if they do too well in in, in all of that area, but um, I know they do quite well. So they will test taste test a flavor against a local top five flavors of that flavor in that continent, in that area, in order to now be competitive when they get there. Because we have an American taste test over here, oh, yeah, yeah. and it's so different of a palate. I mean, you go to Europe and you go to FIBO and you try um, Olymp stuff or Biotech USA or SciTech or Maxi Muscle and it's just different. Um, so you've really got to be competitive in that market with that taste I, test, the taste profile. I think the uh, the 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 common uh, reference for American stuff is it's really sweet. That's like yeah. everyone always says they're like, "Oh my god, American's really sweet." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? It's it's fantastic. It's on point. You want to taste it." And then in Europe, I always find their protein powders to be quite uh, like watery. Yeah. Not like yeah. not like not sweet. Just they just seem to want to disperse the flavor quite like a lot. And they'll be like, this is perfect. I, there isn't really enough for me there to be able to actually identify a lot of the time. There are a few that sort of like, I think the UK is a little bit different. They sort of seem to sit in between Europe and the U S both like physically and in, in the, like they sort of have an influence and they want to try and match that level of taste and flavor. But yeah, you're right. It makes perfect sense. You, a blue raspberry that kills it in America is not guaranteed to kill it. In fact, I don't even know if blue raspberry would be a, a go-to flavor in the likes of Japan or anything like that. So oh, oh. I've seen some of the stuff they sell there and it's just, I don't know the flavor I would leap to, but obviously they sell it there for a reason and it's makes perfect sense. And it's kind of a, a something you have to do, I guess, if you're like muscle tech and you're competing in these, and these, these areas of the world are huge. They, you think just because it's not America that it's not, giant but they are beasts all on their own i've seen a few brands in japan and china even more so it's just next level like you say but um i guess i guess well i mean you didn't really answer the energy drink question but you did tell me a lot about i didn't know that they had dabbled in it i knew i the hydroxy cut one came to mind but i didn't know like energy tech celtic rtd i had never heard of any of these things but does that mean like because it seems like that's a thing that not not that it's become easier to do, but I'm guessing that maybe it's brands that are more able to do it. Because I've seen a lot of brands coming out with these now, um, and I just kind of feel like it's 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 a big time with uh, Redcon One jumping in. Obviously, right uh, Rise doing it, Ghost doing it a couple of years back. Um, I felt like, and and I thought Infinity would be just a just a nice entry into that game because like you said when you can introduce a broader audience to your brand and i think an energy drink sits nicely in between 
like a mainstream soda and then supplements it's kind of a blend of the two it introduces people that might not have know of supplements because it's the format that they're familiar with and like you said those 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 benefits that you can feel that that there's always hit home with consumers just because like straight away you drink it you feel energy it's this that's what did it yeah. but um no, I You're just thought I... right. Um, the thing that you have to realize with that uh, is that the companies that you're naming, they're all really strong in independent channel gems and independent channel retailers. And that's kind of where they have a lot of inroads. When before oh, okay, the pandemic, um, you know, Europa was only kind of taking in a lot of the really big brands like the Dimatizes and the Optimums and, and us and some of the bigger brands that they were working with. And then when the independent stores couldn't really get much of these products, you had companies like Black Market Labs and Rise and, and um, Project AD and Redcon One and some of these guys really building their own relationships with independent channel stores themselves. And they already had their D2C business in Purist Labs and some of these guys. And so then when the kind of things hit really badly where the government was shutting down a lot of these stores, the grocery stores and the Walmarts and drug stores and that were allowed to continue to stay open. And that kind of just trained the consumer that if they couldn't go to Bob's Supplement Shack because it was closed or the gym was That's closed, it. they would go to the Walmart and pick up their Dimatize uh, ISO 100 or they pick up their Gold Standard Way or, or wherever. So when that kind of came out of all of that, you had a really a different landscape um, with distribution. So on the RTD side of it, um, you know, it is a lot of, I mean, it's changed the carbonated drinks. Um, the runs, production runs have come down a little bit from what they used to be with Ball and some of the other big RTD companies. What you're seeing more is the resealable screw-on tops, like what um, I think Project AD was doing, uh, what Bombstead has done, Total War yes, has sir. done. Uh, now recently, obviously, with the Redcon One drink, it's not a Total War RTD, but just the Redcon Energy drink yeah. is a carbonated RTD. So they're at the level where they could make it work. But it's the smaller guys that you'd be surprised. And um, talking to Ike, who I know has been on your show a number of times, you can get the resealable PET bottles at 60,000 units, uh, 5,000 cases, 12 to a case. If you have a chain with a Gold's Gym and, and you're in corporate there and you can go to some of the other gym chains and get listed through Sport Life Distribution or Europa, you can make that work. For us, we don't have the inroads with where we are. And so we're starting off with rebuilding our GNC business, our vitamin shop business, some of the independents that are there. Euphoric's a great technology, but we really want to establish the brand back to a more serious sports performance consumer. Yeah. And, um, you know, but we still have um, a lot of product out there. You know, we have products in Rite Aid and CVS and Walgreens and, and, and Walmart and places like that, which is great to be there. But, um, you know, the more innovative stuff like a Burn IQ and a Euphoric, you know, that really wouldn't do too well in those places at this stage, simply because, it's so expensive compared to what they're trained to buy that yeah, I don't man. think they would appreciate the innovation to the level that someone like yourself would, or some of the people or, you know, the, that really connoisseurs of, of the pre-workout category. Um, but um, no, it's, it's different. I mean, we're just, we're not the RTD company. I mean, I worked for VPX for a while and learned I was gonna a lot. Say, you, would, you would, 
You would and know. You would know who can do it. <laughs> they they did well with Meltdown and Redline and Redline Extreme, and I helped launch Redline Princess and some of those other products. Um, but they're they have their own liquid manufacturing in house. They were doing it with Gangsta Test and One Test and um, you know some of those other tests, Booster, Clenbuterex. Uh, they invested in liquid machinery back then, back when before they ever launched Redline, and so they got to know their own trucks, their own on the ground, and that liquid science of of making shots and, and things in house. Um, but to do that, we're just not the the company for that um, at this stage. Anyway. No, I like it because I asked. I actually asked, like you're saying, Jim McMahon, uh, Mutant was. I actually asked him the question as well, and he was saying. Very similar to you, he was saying like it's some brands are set up to do it, some brands like it's and you are a giant and you obviously went on to disrupt more one way than the other and, and you're only ever going to make choices that work for you. So I guess it does make perfect sense. But um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot to come. I know you're saying there's plenty of events you guys are attending this year, including um, the I think it's the Arnold you're going to be there. Uh, obviously, I mean, FIBA was another mention. The Olympia was, uh, I'm guessing, because you were the big presence last year at the Olympia, and some, I'm guessing it'll be again this year. Um, are there other big things? Because you did say that it was sort of a Dubai Muscle Show. That was the other one you were mentioning. Yeah, so FIBO it's kind of like a um, Europe FIBO. Um, looking at uh, Dubai Muscle Show is another show. We'd like to do the Olympia, which is in November this year, back in Florida. Um, so globally, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with the Arnold UK, if that show comes back or not. Um, but really, we're just uh, we're here to kind of get back on that serious sports nutrition consumer, uh, getting their inroads there. We've obviously had a number of athlete signings, uh, some new products coming out. Um, you'll see us really we're tightening up our relationship. We're the number one um, purchaser of Creapure in the world. Um, so Creapure, L's, Chem's, Creapure, no one buys more of that than us. And something a lot of people don't realize is that we're the number one selling straight creatine monohydrate in the world. Muscle tech is. And really? just never think about it because, you know, to don't be honest, like, yeah, to be, I would, would never have thought the only other one that comes to mind yeah. would be Optimum, but Optimum is one you'd think I, that that's not someone I would associate like, yeah. Creatine. Let's go to. So, I, to be honest, no one comes to mind of straight. Wow, that's huge because a lot of people make it too. Yeah, and then the other wow. one um, that threw me off. I didn't know that until I came here. Was Six Stars the number one selling creatine in the U.S.? I thought they were it's the number one. Selling. It's in. It's in everywhere. You know, so you would expect that. So when you look at Six Star and you look at Muscle Tech and you look at the buying power. And then you look at the number of countries we've been in since yeah. October 1st of 2000 uh, or 1995 when we were started. Um, so that allowed us through the pandemic to not be ever short of any creatine when the scarcity happened. It also allowed us to, we had locked in our prices for way ahead of time when the prices went up to $25 a kilo. We had already locked that in way before because we're the largest customer. So um, you're going to see more from us with Creapure. Um, and so there's one that's coming to Canada, which we put on your site, which was, uh, the Creapure straight fill monohydrate for Canada only. So that's really good. Uh, next to Jim McMahon with PVL, I know of no other straight fill Creapure in Canada. Um, he has it under the PVL, uh, line. Yes, he has yeah. that's a Creapure that's there. Um, and then you'll see a creatine capsule Creapure. Uh, 
coming from us uh, in a veggie cap that'll come out and uh, I'll preview that obviously for you very soon at the Arnold's yeah. that's coming. Um, and then an EAA, we actually did a study, uh, University of Toronto study on a specific EAA ratio uh, um, in, in building uh, muscle tissue. So we have that research already published. And so um, that's going to come. But more global, um, you'll see more international focus now than ever, where, you know, we sign a, a celebrity within South America that you'll see working at the Latin American community in the United States now. So, you know, getting something that helps us in Latin America, but utilizing that in the Hispanic population in the U.S., is allowing us to reach a, a market in the United States. Most people are not, most supplement companies are not doing. Um, and then when we create products now, I'm joined as my equal with the person who's in charge of international, where we develop products together to be global formulas and we discontinue products that are considering global so that we know the impact globally on the brand, not just okay. this. And in our contracts with athletes, they have to be willing to go to FIBO. They have to be willing to go to China. They have to be willing to go to South America um, because we want um, the athlete to be part of the franchise wherever that goes. Um, and we have good resources. Our parent company has 17,000 employees. So it allows us to really, you know, there's other companies getting acquired by companies, but our company is a massive, massive company in China that gives us the resources we would need. But that's also a detriment because we can't take the risks that some of the smaller guys are willing to do. Yeah. We won't sell the ingredients that some of the other guys will do. Um, we won't put things in that are not grass approved, not because we couldn't, but we can't really, because our parent company isn't going to allow us to do yeah. some of the things there. So um, and the manufacturing side, we can't do just a 500 bottle run. It's not because we can't do it. It's because it's a waste of time. It's that, because when we were selling containers around the world, we had to work with factories that could make containers. And when you're out of stock with a Walmart, you get fined. That could bankrupt you because there's so many stores. And if you get one store out and you get a fine from one location and you're out of stock across the board, you, that would bankrupt a lot of companies. So to be able to service a client that big, you have to have a factory that can make that much and cash flow to be able to sit on that much inventory. You can't just turn those taps off, you know, like yeah. you, you have contractual obligations to get that. But then when you try to do a seasonal or you say, OK, it's April <laughs> Fool's and let's do it like uh, Glaxon did with the uh, golden shower yeah. flavor uh, product, <laughs> which I saw in uh, Las Vegas discount in the actual discount uh, box, which I, I took a photo of a lot. But I thought it was funny and that uh, they actually sold it. But we couldn't do like a yeah. hundred bottle run. There's no way that the factory we work with, the factories we work with, they would ever like because they're you know it's it's massive quantity, and so it kind of sucks because I see these smaller companies like Myoblocks and some of these guys able to do unique cool things, and I yeah. think, man, I'd like to be able to do that. Unfortunately, we we aren't set up to be able to do it. Not that we don't want to do it. It's just we have to get the operation side to be able to do that, yeah. uh, which we're working on, but um, it isn't as easy to undo that machinery as it is to, to be a startup and call up a bunch of commands and say, can I get 300 bottles made of this flavor? They'll do it. We're kind of in a, the opposite problem, uh, sadly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I, I get that with a lot of the bigger companies and it's, uh, I think it's, 
it is kind of just as companies come up you sort of see them do that originally and then they sort of step away from it and, and like you say like if you're doing 20 50 100 thousand whatever runs you're doing and then you sort of turn and say hey can we do a, a 50 bottle run or 100 bottle run it's it just it's not it's just and i understand it's um and and you see a lot of the i, I think most of the companies like this is an obvious thing to say but i think most of the companies these days are small to mid-size and so it it becomes common because they can all do it and then you sort of get that forced on the bigger companies being like well if they can do it why can't you and it's not like like you said it's not like you can't do it it's just a lot of things have to change a lot of things have to be done in order to actually get down that low and do that sort of thing but um i mean you guys have done uh special edition limited stuff before if i'm not mistaken yes. they just weren't like like you said they weren't the, the 500 bottle runs they were a regular size run i guess for a normal company <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, just seeing all sides of it, it's, uh, it's different than, I mean, now I'm, you know, I started in this position October 1st, and in four months have done quite a bit in a short period of time. Um, but there's still a lot more work to do. But um, you're going to see a um, collaboration coming up with um, Blessing. So there'll be a boogeyman flavor, his own flavor coming. And there's a little um, teaser. We taste tested this at the Olympia. Ah, oh, um, that's what that was. That's what that was. Yeah. And so, we're, you know, you'll see that coming out. Um, and it's really, it'll be a lot of fun when when that comes out. Um, but that's kind of um, the start of a, of a series of them. And then another athlete that um, when I, when I, I can't reveal this one, but this one is probably bigger than all the other ones that we have. And it's going to be, um, it'll be a game changer for where we're going. And I think that when people in the industry see this, they're going to say, man, why didn't I think of doing that? But, um, you know, it's just a, another way to get some attention around our brand and, and sticking to what we're about. Um, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But, no, I really appreciate what you guys do with, with Stacked. I mean, I don't know how you keep up with all the things that you do, with all the updates that you do. And um, the travel schedule, being a dad as well, I mean, that's, uh, I know firsthand that uh, that is that is difficult to be able to do. But, um, and the speed, the speed that you're able to put stuff up. I was like, you know what, he's an expert in technology. I bet you he has an AI app of some sort that he's able to get something and then spit it out where it's um, close to what it would be. But within minutes, it's just shocking how fast you are with putting content up. I, I just think what you do is a phenomenal service. I, I have, I have been, I have been toying with that idea actually. So <laughs> the problem is a lot of the AI stuff. It's it's too difficult because they don't, they 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 they, they lack the ability to have a direction. If you understand, so like you they they you can give them the information but they only have one way of outputting it. So it can't understand that if this product is like a one gram of citrulline and this one is six grams of citrulline, it's not going to be able to establish, oh, this is a really good product. This is a bad product. And it doesn't understand quite, at least yet, like if it's muscle tech, they're like, well, this is a well-established company. It, sometimes it'll, muscle tech's a brand new company. It's And I'm like, okay, so it's it can string things together if you give it all the information. But at this point, I think... Uh, the systems don't work that well enough that you can rely on them for specific 
niche stuff, I think this category is still a bit, and I, when you're writing news, it's very hard to rely on a system to be able, because you're presenting it with brand new information and it's very hard for it to, but I have been toying with the idea. It was a, all the, all the new little tools that are rolling out are pretty handy, but uh, I think they've got a, a few more years or several years until they can kind of get get to the core of it and they can able to punch things out but uh now we we do our best we shared like i think 10 to 12 stories a day i don't want to do more than that at this point just because like you said if you go on the site and you see like 40 stories you're just not going to be interested and it's yeah yeah at some point we have to limit it and i think 10 is about the sweet spot where like it's not too overwhelming and you, you're mixing a few little things like a new flavor and a new size and it it's a much faster paced industry now than it was a few years, only a few years ago. It's just, it just keeps growing and growing. And like I said, I, I enjoy seeing muscle tech back because when I started stacked, uh, muscle tech was one of the few brands. In fact, this is an unknown and I've, I've mentioned this before, but I don't think this was something that I've actually said was that when I started stacked, the original idea I wouldn't say the original idea, but the inspiration was MuscleTech was a heavy sponsor on the uh, Olympia and the webcast at bodybuilding.com was sponsored by MuscleTech. And in between the rounds and the judging, they had ads that showed up and they had bodybuilding.com. They had, I think it was Body Space was their thing that they yeah, had. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Was their little forum. And then uh, MuscleTech had ads interweaved in between. And I saw an ad for. I'm pretty sure it was anabolic halo or it might've been vapor. And like at that time, seeing being presented a supplement with all the nice animation and graphics and information, it was just blew my mind. And I was like, I need anabolic halo. What is this? Like, and I Googled it and I couldn't find anything. And so I went back and I replayed the, 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 um, the webcast and I screenshotted it. And I was like, I should put this on a blog. Cause I was doing a blog at the time, but it wasn't very like news centric. It was just sort of like this product coming into this store. We've got this coming in for sale. And that was one of the first kind of news things I did because I went and Googled it and no one had shared it. I was like, am I the first one to see this? Am I the, I don't understand how, why is no one talking about this? And that was the first, very first news style story I shared was around a muscle tech product. Cause muscle tech has always put, massive effort into the marketing the hype and the build-up and the launches and yeah. yeah so i mean at and back then there was no one really doing it like that like That's optimum right. would come out with something it was just here you go this is it no one really teased that wasn't a thing that you did right. you just put it out there or it showed up in the new section at like muscle and strength or whatever it was just that was that was it okay. but muscle tick was really kind of setting the tone and just sort of hyping things up and all on its own, really, no one else to kind of measure itself against. And yeah, that was the first real news story I shared with Stacked and that kind of, and I think when we got traction on it, I just started being like, I should do more of these. But back then it was very hard to find new stuff. And it was, uh, yeah, so a little unknown fact, I think that I haven't really said before. That's so funny. Yeah, the Animal Kalo had that uh, menthol in oh, it, it was fantastic. Flavor. I think it was a um, mint of some sort that they had added to it that gave a menthol sensation. And you had the flakes in the, in the, in the, That's in the, right. when it, and it was because it was like a cryogenic technology or, and you shook it That's up. Right. And I just remember seeing the flakes and I was like, 
this is just the best. This is exactly like the ad. This is exactly like and you drink it. The flakes idea. Here's something for you. The flakes idea was actually done before that. It was put into Celtech in a fruit punch. They had oh, the shape. Really? See this in the um, uh, rise. Their um, ring candy. You can see oh, the yes, rise yes. candy. If you open it up, you can see the red flakes that are inside it. We did that for Celtech, and where we got it from was some of the packaged goods people we had hired from, like Johnson and Johnson. They had talked about the Tide detergent with the flakes inside it, with the blue little flakes in your detergent for your clothes and how the consumer saw the flakes and thought, okay, well, this is grinding away the dirt that was in yeah, it. That's exactly so what I thought. thought. Well, the idea was, well, what if we had flakes in ours as well? Well, maybe that would look perceptually like oh, it was 100%. more the powder than just the flavoring that was there. So with um, that, obviously going back then, and that's really where, a good marketer can look at building the benefit into the product and then work with an, uh, you know, the R&D team to bring that idea to life. Or like you see some of them where Glambia has an edible glitter, you know, and it's like, okay, um, you know, what if we had something that was almost a glitter-like look that was still okay for you? Well, wouldn't that be kind of a cool gaming product or maybe that was a cool pre-workout experience that's there? Or what if we had actual gold dust shavings and we've seen, um, I think it was uh, Muscle, Muscle Sport, Sport. Yeah. do that with Solomon's Gold, I think it was that flavor. Yeah. Um, but things like that, that it really is the marketing and the R&D really collaborating. At my at the, the height of my term with Muscle Tech, one of the things that we really built our company on, and I encourage all the other supplement companies out there to, to really do is, it's a round table. And this is what we do now, is you have input from sales, you have input from regulatory, you have input from R&D, you have input from marketing, you have input from innovation. And then, you know, even the finance people can have some input into it because if you're really considering all of that, the minds each coming at it from a different, in the operations in terms of, well, can we even get that stuff made, you know, or can we even get that legally in the country? Well, it does no sense in innovating if you can't even legally get it in the country. I mean, something that's interesting in, in shipping into Canada Health Canada has a requirement for the type of creatine coming into the country has to be free of a lot of the other um, contaminants that come with manufacturing creatine. So bringing Chinese creatine into Canada is very, very difficult because of the, the material itself has to be compliant with the Health Canada. So a creatine is already approved as a material coming in. So if you just formulate with something like that, you're already considering something that will be acceptable from a regulatory standpoint in clearing customs, um, which you'd never would think that when you think I'm going to make the cheapest creatine I possibly can, I'm going to sell it into Canada. Well, if you don't consider the legality or um, like one that's interesting is Velocitol, I think the ingredient inclusion that they require is that uh, a, a certain dose that Health Canada, I think it's about two. 200 or 2000 times higher than what Health Canada will allow for, I think it's the chromium picolinate. So that um, another one is, um, I think Ike found this out the hard way with um, when he was doing AP regimen with his brownie was, I think it was a monk fruit at the time, uh, was not able to be legally sold into Canada. Um, allulose is illegal in Canada. So if you're making something low carb in the US and you wanna have it in Canada, you've got to know the reg side of it in order to know that this is something that, uh, you know, can even clear customs. So anyway, it's, um, 
really just that roundtable discussion really where you consider the um the all aspects of the company getting an input into making a great formula um but all too often a salesperson doesn't get the time of day where they can get their input to say hey this is the number of servings we should have or hey i get um a lot of retailers are asking us for this um sometimes well all times you need to have input from sales and from marketing and from r&d to really create a product that will be commercially viable and that's a part that a lot of um supplement companies fail on is the commercialization aspect of developing new products yeah sorry my 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 headphones oh, just break up a bit there is this is the sound okay yeah 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 yeah, no, my headphone battery died, but then I think it was still recording. I heard most of it, but yeah, okay. it's, um, so yeah, I actually kind of like the, like the, the going back, obviously I was talking about the, the whole anabolic halo thing. And I really do like that. Like you said, how you can sort of come at innovations from different aspects. It's not just, um, sort of, I guess the marketing, like, as in this will help do this, you throw in things. I thought that tide thing was pretty cool. Like I yeah. immediately when I saw the the flake, that's what I th I thought it was like little ice chips. And I that's in my right. mind I knew that wasn't obviously what it was, but like it's just it's just kind of cool. Like, and I, I think collaborations are another thing. It's kind of just cool. Like um, I am a big fan of uh, the game Halo, and um, yeah, when I uh, when I saw Monster had a Halo energy drink, I didn't. The, the specific energy drink that they sold i usually go for the for the uh, ultra the zero calorie or low calorie zero sugar one that wasn't the one that they had but i grabbed it anyway because it was halo i that was what i love that was what i like and i thought it was just a really interesting kind of way to bring people in um and like you said it's just it's just kind of making it a huge experience making it something fun that and, and it draws you in and i and i think uh like you said with that that anabolic halo back then and you still do it with a lot of other products with the packaging the presentation the marketing it's just a whole it's a whole team thing it's not just someone's good idea that adds to the product the whole kind of thing comes together pretty well yeah there's innovation i mean there's one that um iovate did under muscle asylum project which was a, a separate line very 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 good formulas at the time a really cool marketing. What they wanted to do was to create an underground supplement company that wasn't known by Iovate. Okay. And if you look up MAP Muscle Asylum Project, they this is blow your mind. Every product was green. It mixed green. So a chocolate was green, a pre-workout was green. And it could be blue raspberry flavor, fruit punch flavor, but it would actually be green. And it came in yellow uh, orange prescription bottles with the lid, like you get your antibiotic. And then it would be in a box. But when you open that box, take a look, Google it, and you'll see that um, there was all these names like Anabolic Overdrive was Anabolic OD. And then um, there was uh, Freak Fix and there was uh, Muscle Way. And there was a bunch of, there's about six foundational products. Um, Testex was another one. And it was all to sound like drugs, like prescription drugs. And the bottle inside it was this orange bottle, just like a prescription bottle. Um, and then when they launched it, this was a fucking, one of the coolest things I've ever seen a supplement company do. Remember, Muscle Tech was a title sponsor of the Olympia every year. So you're sitting there and you're watching the live stream 
and everyone was in the theater waiting for the stage to start and I was there. And just before they announced it, all of a sudden a 60 second commercial came on of this thing, this that you never saw the word I have it anywhere. And it was in a muscle, it was in a mental asylum, actually really filmed in a legitimate mental asylum. And they had athletes under contract that were sworn under the contract rules that if they had revealed that they were with Iovate, they would lose the contract. So you had Joel Stubbs, who had one of the best backs in the business. You had Paco Batista, who's in Spain, who was unknown in North America. They signed guys you never knew was with them. And then they put them in this commercial. If you go on YouTube and you put in Muscle Sound Product, you probably see the coolest video you ever saw in the supplement industry history. And that played I've never heard of this. So everyone was looking at the Olympia muscle tech banners are everywhere. And you're wondering who the fuck is this company that is all. And then every back cover of every magazine was this green campaign. And it looked like animal where it had the X kind of the barbell that was kind of there. And what was cool about this distribution strategy was it was intentionally only sold to small websites, small guys like um, DPS nutrition, and Netrition, and some of these underground websites, and then individual bricks and mortar stores, it was never, it was supposed to go a three-year plan to look like a startup that was just incubating, incubating, incubating. Yeah. And then of course it was so good that GNC was like, hey, we want it, you know? And then it became, you know, it was everywhere, which was good, but it kind of didn't get that ability to incubate, which I feel is very important. This, is, this is fantastic. I've never. Yeah. So some of the stuff is seen um, this before. some of the coolest marketing I've seen in history. And the people who did it were legends that I have that I worked with that had been there from the early days onward that knew every trick you could do. Um, and around that time, they bought their competition. They bought Cytodyne. Cytodyne, Zenodyne RFA1 was number one selling diet pill. And Hydronicet was number two. And they went back and forth forever. And then they bought the competition. They bought the number two. They just acquired them. And so they had Cytogenics, which um, was the um, Zenodyne RFA1. They had Taraxetone, which is a diuretic. They had a whole line of products. And then they had Six Star, which was for the value consumer. Muscle Silent product um, at the booth. They actually had four corners of an expo. Imagine at the Olympia, they bought all four corners. And each corner was a different, looked like a competitor, but they owned all four. And they had different character brand characters. You know, the, the Six Star had its brand character. Muscle had its brand character. Uh, Zenodrin had its brand character of being for younger people and high tech. And then the Muscle Silent Project, every girl there were all in lab coats and they all had beakers, uh, test tubes. And the product you would sample were coming in test tubes given to all the people, the fans would get test tubes because the positioning was science first yeah. and all this antidote that was there and it was in green beakers and that's what you drank at the booth. But if you didn't know that they owned them all, you wouldn't you would have. have thought that, oh, I don't like muscle tech. They're, they're the ones that are in GNC. That's, you know, and some people shit talk muscle tech a lot. But then, hey, I'm going to go over here, this muscle silent project. These guys are cool. And I saw them at the, you know, they're underground. And and so there's been, yeah, there's honestly from a marketing standpoint and product development standpoint, some of the coolest things I've ever seen. 
um that were done by them over the years you know think, the eye of a wild wild view <laughs> wow i never heard that interesting i'm gonna have to do some do some some digging on that one because i i think i'd heard the name but i don't think i knew that it was i have eight nor did i know what kind of things and i definitely didn't know they all mixed green that was that is yeah. phenomenal that was really cool at the time it sounds funky uh for like shakes especially, yeah. especially. <laughs> i don't know how i would feel about it because there's so much enjoyment to having a chocolate or a strawberry you know like you know it is what it is we, we you know we fall in love with flavors with our eyes but it's um yeah there's a lot of there was some really cool things uh that they did uh on that and, and other products over the years a lot of firsts but um you know there's some other great companies that do a lot of really really great things um but yeah, that's uh, that's what they did. That's what they do, and uh, it's exciting times. A lot of exciting things to happen. Um, I think the real excitement will be uh, 2024, having gone in this new direction that we're going. Uh, where will we be at this rate? You know, when we go month after month after month, um, and rolling this out internationally um, like we do, it's um, it's been well received, and uh, it helps us position our Muscle Tech brand as being very different from our sister company Six Star which is more about value and, yeah. you know, we're more of a mainstream consumer. Um, so, um, no, it's exciting times ahead for sure. Well, yeah, man, it sounds, thank you for the, for stopping by. Thank you for the interview and the, and very much the history lesson. I think that was, a, <laughs> like I said, I didn't know that most of the get other energy drinks. I definitely didn't know they had a green mixing line of supplements. Like yeah, this is, this has been incredible. And like I said, it's, I think the, you coming on board in the new direction and, and not necessarily taking it back to what it was, but sort of like bringing it back with that direction, I think is very evident. And and I think it should be good to see. I mean, if, it, if I'd seen it in the first three or four months, it'd be very interesting to see after the next year. And then obviously in 2024. Um, and I mean, infinity was kind of one of the big starters, I think of the big innovations we'd seen from muscle tech. And I'm sure there's many more, uh planned oh, i'm gonna guess there's more planned and secrets and things that are tucked away but um yeah man it's been great chatting you i'm probably gonna have to split this up into two episodes oh, this is 10 don't and man i don't want to be like mcmahon no i'm just joking no, no it's I'm fantastic sorry, uh, just, i know so um, it's great it just means that i don't have to do another one next week so this is <laughs> i can just split it in two and i get more time to, to myself you know what? I wanted to say, uh, you know, a really good job to the the folks at Rise that uh, that kicked our ass. You know, they they won the final round of the protein wars. Oh, yeah. They totally deserved it. Um, it's funny now. I just look at my feed now and I see Rise CEO every single time I go on my phone. So Nick Stella did just a really good job. Um, we gave it our all and we were really, really glad that you uh, gave that opportunity for uh, brands to get involved. I think there's over 140 brands that were part of it. And we went in with our strategy, but, you know, to lose to a brand like Rise is nothing to be ashamed about. And what I like most about what you did is you call it straight by the way it is. It's 100% legitimate. And that to me was uh, was honorable to take second in, in, a brand, in a contest run legitimately. And uh, I'm really, really proud that uh, we were able to go that far. 
And uh, it's funny, I told Nick I would do this. So I went out and bought a, a, a tub of his uh, protein, his uh, chocolate peanut butter protein and did some plugs uh, for his drink. But uh, no, they did a great job. And uh, you guys just did a really good job in holding such an event as that. And uh, oh, looking it's... forward to the king of the cans coming up. Yeah, Clash of the Cans. That's energy drink one that that's taking place, I believe, in June or July. That's another fun one. The protein wars is the king, though. That's kind of <laughs> that one's always fun. It's never usually like it's a it's a game of matchup. Sometimes you get in a group that's just surrounded by big brains, and you get knocked out early. Sometimes you don't even make it into the top sixteen because we do have, I think, it's one hundred and fifty proteins listed, but we. There is a box where you can enter your own one. So if you want to, so if like you're not on the list, um, generally we have a rule that if at least three people reach out and say they want this product on the list, we'll add it. Yeah. Um, that way it's not, and, and you can't be from the brand if it's just, you know, the CEO, the sales team is messaging me. I'm not going to do that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge list. And like I said, to make it that far is very impressive. So yeah, congratulations. And it was a fantastic competition. Yeah, no, that was, that was really cool. Really cool. I've uh, told Nick we would do a podcast is one of those things. I got I to gotta just find the time, but I'm uh, honored to get the chance to do this to to talk a bit about muscle tech. No, it's uh, fantastic. Thanks so much for doing what you do with Stacked. It's uh, I, myself and Ian Bell and all the guys in the industry really look forward to what you do. And I know it's a, a real labor of love for you and your wife and, uh, definitely um we'll hook up with the uh expo west we'll have a team that are down there definitely uh i yes. think you're going to be there as well so we'll definitely get uh you to meet up with some of the people we have down there and uh, have you tried the euphoric yet no because i think that it was um when you launched it i was not in a single address and I've only been in New Zealand for like two months. And so I didn't want you guys to send it because sometimes I just had a package I shipped back from the UK to New Zealand and uh, it arrived two and a half months late. So I don't, and customs can be like that. And I don't want to like have someone ship something and then miss it, but I'm guessing I'm about to get some at, at Expo West so I can try it. I can try it there. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, have some sent to your hotel room. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But well, uh, thanks uh, yeah, again. One, really yeah. appreciate it. And, uh, you know, looking forward to doing more work with Stack 3D. Or, sorry, Stacked. I keep saying 3D. <laughs> that sucks. And I, I, uh, it's just a habit the way it goes. No, it's so good. It sucks. No, I like it. It, it. It's however you want to pronounce it. Stacked, Stacked 3D. We all know what you're talking about. So it's all good. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Shane. Really appreciate it.